ahead and take a seat, guys, and uh, open your Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to continue along the lines of our series on uh, praying in the new year. Amen. Everyone say, I'm a prayer. And I purpose in my heart to pray in the new year. I believe the Apostle Paul's a, a safe, safe, safe person to follow. Amen. You know, he, he said to the church at Corinth, you know, he said, be followers of me, even as I am a follower of Christ. You're always safe to follow people that are following Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And uh, so I like, I like following a, an apostle like Paul. I want to follow a guy like him. A couple of the things, you know, that he said, he said, you know, I, uh, I fought a good fight. And he said, uh, I finished my course. Paul didn't let his course finish him. He finished his course. And then he said, I have kept the faith. The same apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. So I am excited about finding out what he knew. Amen? And you understand this, that Revelation is progressive. So let's get what Paul had and go from there. Now, I'm not talking about getting out in the ozone or anything. But I'm talking about, praise God, Revelation is, is progressive. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Now, Lord, we thank you for this time that we have together. We value and treasure everybody that's in the house tonight. We pray for those that are in their homes, Lord. We pray your grace and peace be to their house in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 15, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. So this is a perpetual prayer, because it's something that he ceased not to do. He continued to do it. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, there's a, a great benefit of asking. You know, you could all think of scriptures in the Bible where it says, ask. For example, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask and it shall be given unto you. So the Apostle Paul is asking on behalf of the church at Ephesus that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, we all know that we can get a book on systematic theology and study the Bible from a theological point of view. And there's some merit to that. You can get information about the historical perspective and find out the time frame and the author and the setting in which each book of the Bible is written. You can also study the Word of God from a geographical point of view. Looking at the audience to whom the book was written and the area of the world where they lived. And finally, you can study the Bible from a doctrinal perspective, searching out all the major elements or themes in a particular book from the Bible. But really for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to work in our lives, and that's what we're after. We'll have to get beyond the theological, the historical, the, the geographical and the doctrinal perspectives of the Bible. And look to the Spirit of the living God to bring us inspiration, to bring us information, and to bring us revelation. Amen. Amen. 
The Bible say that the Bible says that the word of God that all scripture is inspired or it is God breathed. And so when the spirit of wisdom and revelation is released in our lives, we enter a realm of revelation knowledge where God breathes his word into our spirits and he begins to talk to us personally. God's word is God speaking directly to you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So we, we don't ever want to say, well, God never speaks to us because he's always speaking to us. He's speaking to us through his word, but he's also speaking to us by his spirit. Now, we may not be reading the word or meditating on the word, and we may not be listening to the Holy Spirit, but he's talking. And so the question would be is, are we listening? And the answer is, by the grace of God, we are. And so this is when the word of God becomes alive in your life. Now, no longer is the Apostle Paul talking to the Ephesian believers in 50 AD. God's talking to you. Right here in Hayward, California tonight. Say it with me. God's word is God speaking to me. And God is speaking to me tonight. And so then in verse 18, he says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Being enlightened. The Amplified says, The eyes of your understanding be flooded with light, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints in the light. So what we, we see here is that Paul is praying that we could see what Christ has made available to us. How many of you know, when you moved out of the kingdom of darkness and you were brought into the kingdom of light, that Jesus moved into your life. And not only did he move into your life, but he brought everything he bought and paid for into your life. It was deposited on the inside of you. Oh, that's great. So salvation then, this is a great definition for salvation. Salvation, and if you're taking notes, you might want to jot this down. I'll repeat it a couple times. Salvation is the sum total of all the blessings. Salvation is the sum total of all the blessings bestowed on man by God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. Salvation is the sum total of all the blessings bestowed on man by God in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so everything that accompanies salvation was deposited on the inside of you. And I'm excited about that. Because I'm, I'm finding out more about this so great a salvation every day in my life. Man, there's so much in there. There's so much in the Word. There's so much more to see. Amen? And there's even so much more that we can get even clearer on than we already know. Now, notice with me in, in 2 Peter, and I want you to look, look at this verse. 2 Peter chapter 1, and notice with me in verse 3. 2 Peter, the, the first chapter, and, and then the third verse. Now, I'm going to make this statement again. All that accompanies salvation got deposited on the inside of you. Mm. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, I see our screens are down, so 
Let me read it to you. And if you have your Bible, you can, you can open them. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us. That's all of us. Every one of us. Not just the pastor, not just the elders, not just the deacons, not just the goody two-shoes. But it's given unto all of us. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice with me the next phrase. Through the knowledge of Him. The Apostle Paul again is praying that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened or flooded with light. That we may have revelation knowledge of Him. That we'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So Peter says, according as divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. In other words, it's given, but when we get revelation of what's been given, then we can partake of it. That has called you and I, what have you been called to? You and I have been called to glory. We're the glorious church. We're not the beat up, crawling on our hands and feet church. We're the glorious church. We've been called to glory and virtue. Now, now keep that in your mind. Keep that in your heart. Being called to glory and virtue. And then in verse 4, it says this. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great... And what kind of promises? What other kind of promises would there be? They've got to be great. Because we serve a great God. And not only are they great, but they are precious promises. And as a result of that, that by these, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. I love it. The great escape. Escaping all the corruption, all the junk that's out there in this world. And the world is loaded with it. But thank God we are not of this world. We are of God. Amen? So you and I can live above the corruption that is in this world through these exceeding great and precious promises. Man, that's good news. So I don't have to be, and you don't have to be bogged down then by the spirit of this world. Why? Because we have the spirit of God. Amen. So salvation, we could say it's a package deal. You know, I love Psalm, I love Psalms 103. Absolutely love it. You know, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah. It's so good, isn't it? And, uh, you know, um, we were ministering to someone the other night in the hospital, and this scripture came up in my spirit in Psalms 103. I think it might be verse 4. It says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Now think about it just a moment. Part of your benefit package 
part of your salvation package is not only your initial redemption from darkness, but it's a continual flow of redemption throughout your entire life. We could say it this way. He has redeemed us. He is redeeming us. And he shall yet redeem us. Oh, lift your hands and thank him for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He redeems our life from destruction. Now we know that the enemy would love to destroy us. Why? Because he's a thief. Comes to steal. Comes to kill. Comes to destroy. Right? But oh, thank God we serve a redeemer and our redeemer liveth. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So if if you're facing a situation that looks dark... If you're facing a situation that looks dire, take heart and know that your Redeemer lives and He redeems your life from destruction. That works every day of your life. When you get on the freeway, claim protection. We were driving the other night. We had to go quite a long way to the hospital. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over our car tonight. Amen. Don't just go about your own way, in your own strength, in your own ingenuity. Get God involved in every step of your life. In our pathway is life, and there is no death. No evil is going to befall us. Amen. So salvation then is a package deal. And really we got to know what's inside the package before we can walk in it. Right? A lot of times, you know, people take a job and they have benefits. Well... If you get a job, you're going to want to know what the benefits are, aren't you? Right? Because if you don't know what the benefits are and you come up to a place in your life where you need to partake of that, if you don't know you have that benefit, you can't partake of it. But oh, thank God through the pages of the Bible, we see benefit upon benefit, blessing upon blessing. Amen? What do you say we walk in it? What do you say we continue to walk in those things? Amen? Is this all right tonight? So we got to know what's there before we can walk in them. Somehow the lights have got to turn on. Now in the, in the, in the book of Psalms, and I was trying to think where the verse was. It, I'm probably wrong. But there's a scripture in Psalms which says the entrance of his word, what does it do? It gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. And I qualified. Amen? If anybody knows exactly where that verse is, let me know. Okay, Psalm 119, verse 130. Let's pull it up there and let's, uh, let's just take a look at it. Amen. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of His Word it gives light. Hallelujah. God will enlighten your darkness. The entrance of His Word, it gives light. And it gives understanding. Paul is praying that the eyes of our understanding be what? Be flooded with light. Hallelujah! So that's one way to get the lights turned on is get the Word in your spirit. And so... The spirit of wisdom and revelation helps us to see ourselves in a way that God sees us. You know, God sees us a whole lot differently than some people see themselves. Right? 
How am I going to find out how God sees me? Look right here. One thing for sure, I'll tell you for sure. He sees you through eyes of love. And He sees you through eyes of faith. He sees you in Christ. He sees you as His beloved. And I'm glad He does. How about you? And so the spirit of wisdom and revelation is necessary, and I want to say it this way, mandatory to access the hope of your calling. It's necessary to access the your inheritance. It's necessary to access the authority that we have as believers. The lights have got to go on for people. They've got to know the hope of their calling. They've got to know their inheritance and know their authority that they have as a believer. Now, I want you to notice verse 18. So let's pull verse 18 back up. I'm going to take a pull of a little water. I ate Indian food today, and it's kind of spicy. I had to go to two restaurants to get satisfied. I went to one, and it was just okay, and then I went to another, and that was the right one. And sometimes you've got to pro- do things by the process of elimination. <laughs> anyway... So, okay, let, let's read it together. This is Bible study tonight. We're, we're, we're doing good, aren't we? Okay, let's read it, read it together. The eyes of my understanding be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of His calling. So that's what we're going to, that one we're going to center in on tonight. That I may know what is the hope of His calling. One translation says, And illuminate my inner vision... That the eyes of my heart, thereby explaining and opening to you the full nature of his calling and its aim and expectation. Now listen guys, the moment you got born again, you possess a supernatural calling and a supernatural identity in your spirit. All of us in this room tonight are called... Now, we may have different gifts, right? But we all have the same calling. I have the gift of pastor-teacher. You may have the gift of exhorter. You may have the gift of prophecy, whatever the gift might be. You may have the gift of, of governments or in, in that particular area. There's all sorts of gifts that God gives to His people. Amen? And there's diversities of gifts because it makes up a glorious, beautiful body. But we are all called universally to the same thing. So the question is, is what do you mean, Pastor Mark? What exactly is the hope of His calling? The great man of God, Teal Osborne, Brenda grew up with some of the relatives in her church, and, and Teal Osborne shook the nation of Africa with the gospel. He shook France with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was a general in the army of the Lord. 
He was a prince of preachers. The guy could articulate like no one else that I've ever heard. He has a book called Healing. That's probably one of the greatest books on healing, along with F.F. Bosworth's books, Christ the Healer. But T.L. Osborne said, the hope of his calling is the big picture. The hope of his calling is the big picture. What that means is this, is that I can attach my faith into the middle of what I'm hoping for, and it pulls it into the here and now where I believe I receive it. And so what Osborne was trying to say is this, that you might know the big picture of his calling. God is big, and he has a big picture of the call of God on your life. We're going to talk about it. How many of you are believing with me? And so basically the calling for you and me is basically the same. But notice with me in Romans 8.29. Here's the big picture, guys. Romans 8.29. And it isn't something so esoteric and so far out out there that no one can attain to it. It's something that God has made available to every one of us. Romans 8.29. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And don't let predestination trip you up. Everyone has a choice. But God has predestined the body of Christ. I wrote it down in my notes and I can't improve on it, so I'm going to say it like I see it. He, we are called to be conformed. We are called to be conformed to be just like Jesus. That is my call. That is your call. I'm called. Hallelujah. To be conformed, not to this world. I'm not called to be conformed to T.D. Jakes. I'm not conformed to be called to some of the greatest preachers in this land. That's not my calling. Thank God for them. But it's all about Jesus. It's all about you and I becoming more like Jesus every day of our lives. Woo! Glory to God. Predestined. Called. To become as he is. The Bible says as he is. So are we. In this world. When you got born again. You were immersed in the body of Christ. And that call. To be conformed to his image. Is on the whole body of Christ. And it came to you and I. Because we're in that body. Say with me, I am conformed to become just like Him. What do you mean to become just like Him? I mean to walk like Him. I mean to talk like Him. I mean to love like Him. To think like Him. 
and to do like him. You know, you've probably heard of that old statement, what would Jesus do? That's a good question to ask ourselves. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus express his love in this circumstance? What would Jesus do with this mountain looming in my way? Come on, somebody. What would Jesus do when I don't feel like forgiving and I feel bitter and I'd rather punch somebody out than forgive them? What would Jesus do? If we're going to obey the call of confirmation to be like him, we're going to have to watch him and find out exactly what he has done and what he would do and do just as he would. Your calling tonight is not to be a doormat for the devil. We are not called to hide in a cave and hoard up tribulation food. You and I are called to rule and to reign in life through the one Jesus. I am born again to be like him. And oftentimes I pray and I repent. And yes, repentance is a biblical word. Amen? Oftentimes I pray, Lord, anything and everything that is unlike you in my life, and I know there's a truckload. <laughs> there could be a caravan of trucks. But anything and everything that is unlike, in, uh, unlike you in my life, I'm asking you to forgive me and to cleanse me and to help me be like you. Amen. And you don't know all that is unlike him in your life. Because he won't show you all at once. Because if it did, it would blow your head out. Well, I don't know. I, I like to think I'm just like Jesus. Well, that's pride. There's one strike. <laughs> it's just great to be clean. It's great to have the blood. And it's really great to be on a quest and on a journey and on a decisive course of action. Today, I want to be more like Jesus than I was yesterday. I want to love like him. I want to encourage like him. Amen? Glory to God. I want to do the works that he did. But I don't want to stop at the works that he did. I want to go on and do the greater works. Because he said we could do it in him and through him. Hallelujah. <coughs> so, in verse 30. So we're called to be conformed. But not only did he call us, he also equipped us. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a bummer if, if you were called to do something on a job and they never gave you the equipment to do it? Right? Right now, you know, we're going to have some lights fixed out in the parking lot. And I'm not going to get up on a thing and do it. We hired somebody to do it. But wouldn't it be a bummer if we would have hired Mike to do that job out there and he didn't have the equipment to do it? Well, you and I got a job to do in the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom of Christ in the world today. But there's no way we are going to reach a dark world without the proper equipment. 
There's no way that we're going to pray effectively without having the ability to stand before a holy God as the righteousness of God in Christ. So I submit to you, the big picture is called to be conformed, but he's also given you the equipment. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. He says, moreover, whom he did predestinate. Amen. Them he also called. But he didn't just call us to be conformed. He also justified us. He gave us a pure, beautiful, white robe of righteousness for our old, stinky, filthy rags. Come on, somebody. And he justified us. He equipped us. One way that he has equipped us is by justifying us. And somebody says, well, what does justified mean? Well, justified could mean just as if you'd never done anything wrong. Justified in God's sight is being equipped, hallelujah, with the robes of righteousness, with the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God as if sin and inferiority never existed before. Yes, yes, yes. I love what the NLT says of verse 30. It says this. And having chosen them. Say, I've been chosen. You know, he chose everybody. Didn't he? But not everyone is choosing him. People are made with a free moral will. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, the next thing he equipped us with was his glory. I said the next thing he equipped us with was his glory. Hallelujah. Did he not equip Jesus with the glory of God? Did not Jesus, the day that he was baptized in water, come up with the Spirit of God all over him? And did he not go from that place and declare the goodness of God all over the place? It's because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit of glory was upon him. And he taught under the anointing. And he healed by the anointing. And the blind were recovered by the anointing. He was equipped. And you and I have been equipped with no less than he was equipped with. When you receive Jesus, and you receive the gift of salvation and the gift of righteousness in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters, what more do we need? When he called you, He justified you. But not only that, He gave us His glory. Hallelujah. He made me new. He made me right. And He made me powerful. Say that with me. He made me new. A new creation. He made me right. The righteousness of God. And He also made me powerful. 
He filled me with his spirit and he filled me with his glory. Ooh, let's say it again. He made me new. He made me right. And he made me powerful. Oh man, I love that, don't you? I'm equipped. You're equipped. You're glorified. And then in verse 31, notice, notice this. Now, Paul gets a little sassy here. Paul got this revelation. Paul got this revelation that he was called to be conformed. Paul got this revelation that he was the righteousness of God. And Paul got this revelation that the glory of God was in him and on him. So the next thing he says, he goes from verse 29 and verse 30 to verse 31. He gets sassy and he says, okay, what shall we then say to these things? Now, some of these things that Paul faced were things that were trying to take him out. Some of these things that Paul faced were things like thorns in the flesh. Messengers of Satan sent to buffet him, not buffet him, but sent to buffet him and sent to stop him from bringing forth revelation that he had received. Everywhere Paul went, the enemy was trying to stop or to hinder what was on the inside of him. But Paul didn't quit. Paul didn't back down. Paul didn't back off. And you must not either. Because Satan's tactic is to stop you. And if he cannot stop you, he will try to hinder you. He will try to do whatever he can do to disrupt you from advancing the glory of God in this earth. But Paul said, what you can say, none of these things move me. Come on, somebody, say it with me real strong. None of these things move me. So these things were things that tried to stop him. He says, I'm not moved by these things. And then he goes on to say, with that fresh revelation of being called, being justified, and being glorified, he gets sassy and says, what shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. I dare say some of us need to be a little bit bolder and start saying more to some of these things. And one thing that we can say is this, since God is for me, who can be against me? Say it with me real strong now. Since God, Since God is for me, who can be? What difference does it make? What's against you? Say it again. I'm called. I'm equipped. And I'm glorified. Well, we might as well go right on through verse 37. Notice verse 32 right on to the end. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall they not with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that what? We just saw that word, right? Who is he that condemneth? The opposite of justification is condemnation. The enemy is the one that brings condemnation, trying to stop us, trying to hinder us. Who is he that condemneth? He says, well, it's Christ that died. 
Yea, rather that it rose again, and he's seated at the right hand of God. And not only that, he's praying for me. Hallelujah. The accuser of the brethren may prance before the throne day and night, bringing accusations against you. But Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, is making intercession for you. And don't you know, when he makes intercession for you, and he prays for you, that his prayers are answered. Say with me, Jesus is my intercessor. I think sometimes we just need to throw ourselves over into the arms of the great intercessor. The Bible says this, that he ever liveth to make intercession for you. He's praying for us. Hallelujah. And then in verse 35, he can get stronger. He said, who or what shall separate me from the love of Christ? How about some tribulation? No. Distress? Persecution? Famine? How about a little whipping? How about a day and a night in the deep? How about being beaten with rods? How about being stoned? How about nakedness or peril or sword? Absolutely not. Why? Because he had a revelation. He said, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But read verse 37 with me. Nay, in all these things... Hallelujah. Called to be conformed. Called to conquer. In all these things, you're more than a conqueror. It doesn't really matter what may be going on in your life. It doesn't matter what may be going on in your body. God loves you. And in spite of it all, you are still more than a conqueror. Too many Christians are walking around acting like they're condemned and conquered. No, we are not the condemned and we are not the conquered. We are those that are in right standing with God and we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Amen? So, I think it would be good. I don't know what you all think. You probably agree with me. Otherwise, you wouldn't be at church tonight on a rainy night. But I think it would be good to declare regularly, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Yeah, but it doesn't look like you are. It doesn't feel like you are. And a matter of fact, you don't even smell like you are. No, thank God the word of God says we're more than conquerors. And why are we more than conquerors? Because he loves us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Another way to say it is this way. If love be for me, who can be against me? Now notice with me in verse 38 and verse 39. He said, for I am persuaded. Paul was a persuaded man because Paul was a man that had revelation. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor earthquakes nor the rocket man from North Korea nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor politicians nor things present nor things to come neither height nor depth or any other creature 
shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing's going to separate you. The only thing that will separate you is yourself. So don't separate yourself. Just stay in love with Jesus. And let Jesus love you. He is our pattern. He is your pattern. Let's close in Colossians chapter 1. The hope of His calling. The hope of His calling. And I realize that I'm just on the edge of some of these things. I know it's much deeper than what I may be articulating tonight. But I'll tell you one thing. It's a good start. It's a good start. Colossians chapter 1. Say with me, I'm called. I'm justified. And I'm glorified. He didn't bring many sons unto glory for us not to operate and to flow in the glory. The Bible says, the captain of your salvation has brought many sons unto glory. Isn't that powerful? Amen. In Peter we read, we've been called to what? Glory and virtue. Now notice with me in Colossians, the first chapter, 26 and verse 27. It says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. In other words, this was a musterion. There was something that was covered for generations and generations. But even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest... To who? Are they talking about St. Peter? I don't know whether I've ever introduced you or not, but I want to introduce you to St. Mark. We got St. George over there, St. Jonathan right here. You may be acting like an ain't, but you as a saint. Amen? Notice this with me. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages. Why was it hidden? Because there was no revelation. And where there is no revelation, the people perish. Right? People perish for years and years because they didn't have a vision. They didn't have any redemptive revelation. Oh, glory to God. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations... But now, everyone say, but now. Say right now. Right now now. is manifest to what? Would not a definition, and I'm not sure, but wouldn't a definition of manifest be revealed? We could say revelation came, it was hidden. But now it's been revealed to you and to you and to all of us. 
not a select fraternity of people, but the whole body has been called, conformed, justified, and glorified. Hallelujah. Every one of us. I like it, don't you? That'll do you good to wake up in the morning and say, thank God I'm called to be conformed. I'm justified. And glory to God, today I'm going to flow in the glory. I'm going to flow in the glory. Even the mystery, which has been hidden from ages and ages, from generations, but now is made manifest, is revealed to His saints, to whom God would make what? I pray the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know. That you may know. Know where, Pastor? Know in your knower. And when you know it in your knower, they can't knock it out of you, even though they may try to with a baseball bat. To whom God would make known what is the riches? Woo! Of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Read it with me. Which is Christ in you. Which is what? Christ in you. The expectation of those that are called, those that are conformed, those that are justified, the expectation for sons of glory to flow and to operate in the presence of God every day of their lives. Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stand up and pray. Father, tonight we're Grateful for what we've heard tonight. The surfaces of Ephesians have just been just barely scratched. But we're thankful for what you've done for us and what you've placed on the inside of us. As people of God, tonight, we pray and we stir ourselves up in the very glory of God. You said in the book of John that if we would believe that we would see the glory of God. That we would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So let's just raise up our hands and repeat this after me. Declare this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Word. I thank you for the Spirit in this place tonight. Thank you for the spirit of glory. Thank you, Father, that you are the Father of glory. And Jesus, you being the captain of our salvation, you have brought many sons unto glory. We would ask tonight for the glory of the Lord to fill this very place. You said in your word that if we would believe, we would see the glory of the Lord. We are asking, sir, for manifestations of your precious glory right here in this church. 
right here in this Bay Area. We ask you, sir, for those gifts and manifestations of the precious Holy Spirit to be made manifest in our midst. We thank you that the anointed one and his anointing, the very hope of glory, lives on the inside. And so we stir ourselves up tonight. And we ask as a church for rain in the time of the latter rain. We ask for the manifest presence of God to be revealed in us, among us, and through us.